the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. Clark Hilton is engineering. James Blend is producing. Well, today we're going to talk with, uh, actually, I should uh, I should tell you, we're sharing a conversation I had with Rupert Darwell. Uh, he is the author of Green Tyranny, Exposing the Totalitarian Roots of the Climate Industrial Complex. Really a fascinating look at how we got to where we are today and whether or not what we're being told is reliable and why some are questioning uh, the notion of um, of climate change and whether or not there is a consensus and, and why that phrase, how that phrase is being used, what it represents. We're also going to share in the five o'clock hour, a conversation I had with Stephen Mansfield. He's the author of choosing Donald Trump. I spoke with him uh, last week. Um, the, the subtitle of the book, God, anger, hope, and why Christian conservatives supported him. He also goes into the cost of uh, sort of full throated support by some Christian leaders without any qualification and, uh, what that might mean moving forward. Uh, Stephen Mansfield, of course, is a best-selling author. He's written on the faith of George W. Bush and Barack Obama and many other um, biographies of prominent politicians. So we're looking forward to uh, sharing that conversation uh, with you in the 5 o'clock hour. Well, questions about the Attorney General's Prior answers to Congress came during testimony before the House Judiciary Committee today. Lawmakers asked about the latest developments in the ongoing investigation into Russian interference in last year's presidential election, including one Trump campaign advisor's guilty plea to a charge of misleading investigators. Well, the questions focused on campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos. Uh, His attempt to coordinate a meeting between then-candidate Donald Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin and his presence at a March 2016 gathering, also attended by Jeff Sessions. The attorney general's response to questions about communication with Russia drew scrutiny by Democrats, or rather from them. They believe that Sessions may may have known more than he had uh, disclosed. Well, Sessions authorized the Justice Department to consider investigating Clinton Foundation um, uh, the Clinton Foundation. He says uh, he's not yet uh, been uh, interviewed by special counsel in the Russian probe. And he said he now uh, recall the 2016 meeting, given uh, recent news reports on the matter, but that he always told the truth in his appearances on Capitol Hill. He additionally added that he wanted to make clear to uh, Papadopoulos that he was not authorized to represent the campaign with the Russian government. I did not recall this event, which occurred 18 months before my testimony of a few weeks ago, he said. And here are a few of the key uh, moments from this session uh, testimony. Again, this is before the House Judiciary Committee uh, earlier today. Well, Sessions claimed that he has always told the truth, uh, but recalls uh, the meeting that he was called uh, up on the Hill to um, uh, to address today. In his opening statement, the attorney general told the committee that he has always uh, been truthful as he referenced uh, his uh, criticized appearances before the Senate Judiciary Committee back in October. On the subject of meetings attended by campaign aides Papadopoulos and Carter Page, the attorney general said he had no recollection of the meetings until he saw recent news reports. 
He previously told the Senate Judiciary Committee he was not aware of attempts by the campaign to communicate with Russia. I do not uh, recall the March 2016 meeting at the Trump Hotel that Mr. Papadopoulos attended, but I have no clear recollection of the details of what he said at that meeting. Uh, So he now recalls the uh, uh, meeting, but doesn't recall what was said. Uh, Sessions went on to say that after reading his account and to the best of his recollection, I believe that I wanted to make clear to him that he was not authorized to represent the campaign with the Russian government or any other foreign government for that matter. He continued to say, again, Attorney General Sessions, that he gladly would have reported it had he remembered it. Sessions said he uh, pushed back against what he thought was an improper suggestion by Papadopoulos that Trump meet with Putin. Now, the Democrats weren't buying it, and some Republicans seemed a bit skeptical as well. Another uh, standout moment, Sessions says he has no reason to doubt accusers of Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. It was a bit off subject, but very significant in that there is a growing call for uh, the Senate candidate to step down. Though he said, uh, Jeff Sessions said he believes he should not be involved in the campaign uh, for his uh, former U.S. Senate seat representing Alabama, he did say he has no reason to doubt the women accusing the Republican candidate of sexual misconduct. Moore is accused of pursuing relationships with teenage girls in the late 70s and early 80s, including um, activity that crosses a very bright line. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee asked Sessions whether uh, he would push for a Justice Department investigation into the alleged actions should Moore win election to the Senate. And the attorney general would not comment on the hypothetical situation, but pledged uh, his department, uh, we will do our duty, end quote. Also, Sessions says the Department of Justice shouldn't retaliate politically against opponents. After the uh, committee's ranking member, Representative John Conyers, showed Sessions several of uh, the president's tweets suggesting the Justice Department investigate former campaign rival Hillary Clinton. The attorney general was asked whether it was common for the country's leader to uh, retaliate against his political opponents. The Department of Justice can never be used to retaliate politically against opponents, and that would be wrong, Sessions said. He went on to add, following additional questioning, that the president should take great care uh, not to influence a pending investigation. The attorney general admitted, however, he could not uh, entirely control the president's seemingly off-the-cuff remarks. The president speaks his mind, the attorney general said. Also, Representative Jordan asked about additional special counsel after uh, Representative uh, from Ohio ran through a timeline of the FBI's investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server and the uh, related actions of former FBI Director James Comey and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch. The current Attorney General explained that the matter did not automatically warrant the use of a special counsel, as Jordan suggested, was necessary. It would take a factual basis that meets the standards of the appointment of a special counsel, Session said, an answer that did not appear to quell uh, Jordan's concerns. In a letter to the committee on Monday, the attorney general said he had authorized Justice Department prosecutors to look into whether the sale of uh, uranium company during Clinton's tenure as secretary of state warranted investigation by a special counsel. Republicans have raised alarm over donations to the Clinton Foundation made by persons related to the deal. Now, Democrats uh, respond by saying, well, Clinton didn't make that decision on her own, but she did wield a great deal of influence and may have uh, shepherded this whole process. Sessions cautioned that the uh, step outlined in his uh, letter did not guarantee an independent investigator would be appointed. You can have uh, your idea, but sometimes we have to study what the facts are and to evaluate whether it meets the standard required for a special counsel. And finally, Sessions admitted that he hasn't uh, followed through on election interference mitigation 
uh, efforts after telling the uh, Judiciary Committee in October, that was the Senate Judiciary Committee, that the U.S. was not prepared to prevent future interference in its elections. Sessions admitted he had not followed through to see where we are on that. I will personally take action to do so, he said today. A lot of things have been happening. We are working on a lot of great agenda items, but this one is important, and I acknowledge that. I should be able to give you better information today. that uh, than I am, Sessions conceded. That was a quote, a bit awkward. Senator Ben Sass originally asked the Attorney General about preparations for upcoming elections last month. Sessions said it would uh, require a special review, but that no such efforts were underway at that time. Just a few of the highlights in today's grilling of the Attorney General, and it's been, um, what, his seventh or eighth uh, visit to the Hill for that very purpose. My guess is it's not quite over yet. Oh, by the way, Sessions also admitted that he has an email alias, just like his predecessor, Loretta Lynch. Whether or not he's using it for official business is another matter. And he did not reveal his secret name. So just another little disclosure from today's um, hearing. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up uh, later this hour, we're going to hear from Rupert Darwall. He's the author of Green Tyranny, Exposing the Totalitarian Roots of the Climate Industrial Complex. And in the five o'clock hour, Stephen Mansfield, a best selling author, Choosing Donald Trump, God, Anger, Hope, and Why Christian Conservatives Supported Him. That's coming up later this hour. Well, earlier today, five people were shot and killed. That was this morning when a gunman opened fire at uh, multiple random locations in Northern California, including near an elementary school. Four people or five, including two children, were also wounded in the incident. The shooter was killed by police officers. Mercy Medical Center spokeswoman said uh, Mercy Miracle uh, that three uh, persons were being treated at the hospital, including two young people. Uh, who would uh, who suffered superficial wounds? The shootings were reported in and around the elementary school, about uh, 130 miles north of Sacramento, occurring at the time. Some parents were dropping their children off. More than 100 police officers are investigating seven different shooting scenes in the area, all involving the same individual. It wasn't clear if uh, any of the shooting scenes happened on the school grounds. However, uh, the uh, Tihama. County Assistant Sheriff Phil Johnston said that the shooter was randomly picking targets and that there may be more victims. Uh, that has not uh, proven true up to this point. Brian Flint told a record searchlight newspaper after the incident that his neighbor was the gunman in the uh, deadly shooting. Uh, Flint said that the neighbor was uh, acting crazy, threatening him and his roommate before stealing his truck. Well, Flint said his neighbor had been shooting hundreds of rounds from large magazines. Investigators have recovered a semi-automatic rifle in addition to two handguns. Witnesses at the school described multiple rounds being fired randomly. Um, One uh, father uh, said that he was dropping his daughter off at the school just before 8 a.m. when he heard a firecracker-like sound. The school secretary then ran out and told children to go inside because there was an active shooter. Uh, The father said he ended up in the classroom with 14 students and witnessed a boy being uh, struck by bullets. Uh, The administrator, uh, administrative assistant, rather, of the um, Corning Union Elementary School District said no one was killed at the school, but a number of students were shot and wounded. The Dahama County Sheriff's Office uh, has asked the Department of Justice to investigate the shooting. Um, But again, the gunman is dead. Uh, Governor Jerry Brown said in a statement that he and his wife were saddened to hear about the uh, violence 
at the uh, Tehama County School and um, surrounding area, which uh, shockingly involves school children. We offer our condolences to the families who lost loved ones and unite with all California in grief. It is an ongoing investigation, but survivors are uh, providing information to law enforcement. Meanwhile, the jury in the trial of Senator Robert Menendez told a judge uh, Monday afternoon that it was um, deadlocked and could not reach a verdict. Well, U.S. Judge uh, William Walls sent them home early and told them to try again today. Go home, have a good meal, have a good sleep, the judge said to the jury. The jury foreman had sent the judge a note around 2 p.m. saying the group could not reach a verdict on any of the counts. Is there any additional guidance and what do we do now? The foreman asked the judge in his note. Well, the note was sent out just hours after an alternate juror joined the group to replace one who was excused last Thursday for vacation. That departing juror told reporters that jurors couldn't agree on a verdict on any of the bribery counts against the New Jersey Democrat or his co-defendant, who was a dear uh, and close friend. On Monday afternoon, the defense attorneys began filing into uh, the courtroom shortly after 2 p.m., following uh, followed close, rather, behind by the prosecution team and later Menendez and his son and daughter. Before Walls uh, called jurors into the courtroom, the judge heard from attorneys from both the prosecution and the defense. Uh, the uh, defendant's attorney argued for the judge to declare an immediate mistrial. Prosecutors argued the jury had only begun uh, deliberations anew three hours earlier when the alternate juror uh, was put on the panel and needed uh, time to, uh, to to catch up. The jury resumed deliberations earlier on Monday with an alternate juror. The judge indicated he was not concerned about the public remarks made by the dismissed juror and ordered the jury to begin deliberations anew shortly before lunchtime. Outside the courtroom, Menendez addressed a gaggle of reporters, uh, giving thanks to the jurors uh, for their service, especially to those whom he said clearly believe in his innocence, although that's something he should not know. Uh, I would hope that at the end of the day, after they finish tomorrow, that those who continue to believe in my innocence will stand strong. And at the end of the day, no juror will be coerced into a decision. Well, the senator declined comment further and hurried into a car waiting for him at the end of a crowded uh, press line. No word yet on what that jury is likely to do. Meanwhile, the um, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, Monday agreed to hear a challenge to a California law requiring pro-life crisis pregnancy centers or pregnancy resource centers, as we refer to them here, to post information about state-funded abortions. A coalition of pro-life groups challenging the law say it explicitly targets and coerces religious counseling centers into pro-abortion expression with which they disagree. The law, called the Reproductive Fact Act, requires crisis pregnancy centers to post a bulletin informing patients that the state offers subsidized abortion access. The FACT Act requires, and again, this is in California, that the advisory uh, appear in large font in a conspicuous place within the clinic. California has a public programs, has public programs rather, that provide immediate free and low-cost access to comprehensive family planning services, including all FDA-approved methods of contraception, prenatal care, abortion for eligible women, the bulletin reads, and that would be posted. To determine whether you qualify, contact the county social services office at phone number, and the number was given. That would have to be prominently um, posted, and the font size would be uh, rather shocking if I... Uh, were to share it with you. Well, the Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative public interest group, among others, representing a crisis pregnancy center network, uh, challenged the law, saying the FACT Act forces pro-life organizations to promote a state-sponsored advertisement for the abortion industry. They, along with four other cases, which the Supreme Court has now agreed to hear, this uh, being the first of the four 
the, the remaining three on hold waiting for a decision that would impact them as well when the Supreme Court uh, takes up the matter. Uh, so uh, there was a stay put on the, uh, the California law by a judge last week. Uh, and now we learn that the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a challenge to that uh, that case. And by the way, it was the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, that ruled in favor of the state of California. And they are, as we so often repeat, the most uh, often overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. We'll see if that's the case this time around. Meanwhile, the FBI signaled this week uh, that agents may be investigating whether Planned Parenthood's dealing in fetal tissue was e- uh, legal, rather. Sources told the Hill News Organization that the FBI has requested documents from the Senate Judiciary Committee obtained from the committee's investigation into Planned Parenthood's disposal of organs and other body parts from aborted babies. The investigation came after the Center for Medical Progress published a series of explosive videos in 2015, revealing the abortion giant was harvesting and distributing aborted baby body parts. They've just begun in the last few days releasing A new series, uh, the third of which was released just uh, uh, Monday. The Center for Medical Progress alleges, and rightly so, Planned Parenthood was illegally profiting from the exchange, limbs and body parts. And the House and Senate launched an investigation, or rather investigations plural, into the nonprofit's practice. Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley referred Planned Parenthood to the FBI at the conclusion of that investigation, saying he his committee found evidence indicating the group was profiting. Planned Parenthood told The Hill none of its affiliates had been in contact with the FBI, at least not yet. Planned Parenthood officials discussed the cost of harvesting and distributing the tissue on some of the undercover videos, but the group maintained it was charging legal fees and not profiting from the exchange. Well, some former employees are... Uh, are suggesting otherwise. Following the revelations, Planned Parenthood announced it would no longer accept any money for the exchange of aborted baby parts. The law at issue bans anyone from profiting off the exchange of fetal tissue, but allows organizations to receive broadly defined reasonable payments, as if there is any reasonable payment for what they were peddling. That apparently uh, make the ban meaningless uh, in practice. Do people do stuff with uh, eyeballs? Dr. Savita Gind Planned Parenthood Clinic's vice president and medical director asks in one video as she spoke around in a um, uh, pokes rather around in a pie dish, a Petri sort of dish containing the tissue and fluid that resulted from an abortion. Oh, yeah. The undercover actor posing as a fetal tissue buyer responds, although eyeballs, they generally want more developed than this. One medical ethicist told The New York Times of the law in 2015, it appears to be legal no matter how much you charge. It's very gray and musty, uh, a very gray and musty area as to what you can charge. So um, if nothing else, there'll be some clarity as a result of all of this, um, even if there are not criminal charges that ultimately um, are filed in the case. Well, coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk with Rupert Darwall. He's the uh, author of Green Tyranny, Exposing the Totalitarian Roots of the Climate Industrial Complex. The book is published by Encounter. By the way, portions of today's program are brought to you by Zero Res. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the uh, Georgine Rice Show I want to remind you that this Friday and Saturday, you have an opportunity to join me and my friends Deborah Greenwich, Jerutha Greenwich for Undaunted in concert on Friday night, conference on Saturday morning for the women. And you can find out more about that at UndauntedMinistries.org. We'd love to see you there. The concert is at 730 on Friday and the conference begins 9 a.m. on Saturday. We finish up at 3. Uh, faithfulness is has been our 
constant theme. This time around, we're focusing on traveling, journeying, if you will, from fear to faith. Again, you can find out more at undauntedministries.org. Well, a recovered surveillance video from a Penn State fraternity house where a pledge died after a hazing ritual revealed the 19-year-old had been given at least 18 drinks within 90 minutes led prosecutors to file some new hazing and and manslaughter charges against those involved. The Center County uh, District Attorney's Office, uh, Stacey Parks Miller in charge, charged 12 additional men in that case. We're talking about college students bringing the total uh, the total number of former Beta the Five brothers and pledge uh, pledges being charged to 17 in total. Now, Timothy Piazza was 19 of Lebanon, New Jersey. He fell down a set of stairs, suffered fatal injuries. It was back in February after prosecutors said pledges were forced to down a dangerous amount of alcohol and were then made to run a, a gauntlet of booze drinking uh, stations. Well, the charges come from surveillance video that allegedly showed various members of the fraternity giving Piazza 18 beverages, alcohol, in the span of an hour and 22 minutes, which, of course, is very dangerous. The video was deleted after fraternity members were made aware that an investigation into his death was underway and police planned to obtain the footage. Well, the basement video captured the uh, ongoing hazing that occurred on um, bid acceptance night and the continued repeated um, furnishing of alcohol by uh, brothers in the fraternity to Piazza, as well as the other pledges throughout that evening. In fact, on video, uh, Tim Piazza does not obtain his own alcohol at any point. Um, uh, Every drink consumed was provided to him by fraternity brothers, uh, the office of the uh, attorney general. Uh, District attorney, rather, um, has said people had asked before, why would somebody uh, uh, have deleted the video if they uh, did delete it? And that's what they wanted to know. And apparently they were able to recover it. Last month, prosecutors announced that they uh, moved to reinstate most of the dismissed charges against 11 members of the now defunct Penn State fraternity for actions related to the hazing death of a sophomore pledge earlier this year. So that uh, investigation is widening. And again, we're talking about... um, uh, 12 additional uh, men in that case, a charge being brought against them, bringing that total up to 17. Meanwhile, Florida State University's suspension of all fraternity and sorority activities there in the wake of a student's death has received near unanimous support from faculty, from politicians, and even students. But as the state turns its eye toward the Tallahassee uh, situation to see if it can reform its Greek life, the question is, will anything work? For this suspension to end, there will need to be a new normal for Greek life at the university. That's a quote from the Florida State President John Thrasher speaking earlier this month and announcing the halt to Greek activity. There must be a new culture and our students must be full participants in creating it. Uh, Louisiana State University instituted a similar suspension earlier this semester, but after Greek life was reinstated, fraternities and sororities continued to break the college's rules. Penn State similarly suspended its organizations, even threatening to permanently end Greek life. Five fraternities have since faced discipline. Last week, the University of Michigan suspended the social activities of its fraternities after multiple uh, reported sexual assaults and hazing incidents at that university. Well, it remains unclear how Florida State or any of these other schools will uh, know when the culture has changed and what that change should actually look like. Andrew Coffey, a pledge at Florida State's uh, Phi, uh, or rather Pi Kappa Phi, died on November the 3rd. The 20-year-old 20, 20 
from uh, Pompano Beach had been found unresponsive after a party, and police said alcohol may have been a factor, but they have not yet said the death was related to hazing. That investigation continuing. Immediately, the university suspended Pi Kappa Phi. Uh, Then three days later, the school announced that all Greek activities were suspended. About one in five students at the school is in a fraternity or sorority there. In unrelated cases, last week, the school's police department arrested two men who were fraternity members, one of whom was a member of the same fraternity Coffee was pledging. They were both accused of selling cocaine. The Florida State Police Chief said that he anticipated more drug charges uh, soon. Well, the student body president, uh, also a member of Phi, rather Pi Kappa Phi, said that he supported Thrasher's decision. A pause of our Greek life is necessary. We all recognize that our campus may be losing sight of our founding principles of brotherhood, sisterhood, leadership, and philanthropy that these organizations espouse because of increased numbers of unhealthy, high-risk behaviors that we all have uh, come to accept and dismiss as normal. So concern growing on campuses across the uh, across the country. Meanwhile, in the UK at the uh, Cambridge University's physical sciences professor, uh, he came under fire this week from mental health campaigners and students after he suggested undergraduates will have to work hard and abstain from drinking to pass the course. Now, that apparently is considered controversial at Cambridge University. Uh, The professor drew the fury of students and mental health activists who are sending out an email, or rather were, last week um, to first-year natural sciences undergraduates at Cambridge, telling them that the course will be difficult, and thus they should refrain from drinking and other social activities if they wish to succeed, according to an email leaked to student-run publication Varsity on campus. Well, physical sciences is a very hard subject, which uh, will require all of your attention and your full brain capacity. And for a large fraction of you, even that will not be quite enough. The uh, professor wrote to students, you can only do well, i.e. achieve your potential, which rightly or wrongly, several people here assumed you have, if you are completely focused and learn to enjoy the course, people who just take the course but enjoy their social life can easily survive a many in many subjects, but not in this one, he wrote. Remember that you are not uh, at any other university where students do drink a lot and do have a lot uh, uh, with regard uh, to a good time, the professor wrote. He added, remember that you are not at any university. Well, the professor's comments caused an uproar among activists and students who called the email extremely damaging and uh, neither appropriate nor acceptable, with the other university vice chancellor accusing the professor of frightening, impressionable undergraduates. Are these young men and women who are pursuing higher education, you're being frightened by being told by a professor that his course is very difficult, it's going to require, require you to marshal all your capacity, and he recommends that you not indulge in uh, drinking that will... Uh, impact on your capacity to learn. And that apparently is inappropriate, unacceptable, and damaging. Uh, And the uh, vice chancellor of Cambridge University referred to these um, college co-eds as uh, being frightened uh, and being impressionable. Well, isn't that the point of university? You want to be (laughs) impressed upon? Well, the mental health campaign at the university, uh, Student Minds Cambridge, said the message sent by the professor, could be extremely damaging to the mental well-being of the students concerned and potentially others as well. In fact, why bother to take the course, just hand out grades, because it might be too challenging for them to actually engage in academic rigor. 
Uh, but again, just a glimpse in what's hap- happening, not only on campuses here in the U.S., where there's concerned about overindulging, but a place like Cambridge University, where they're uh, warned that, look, if you're going to take this course, you need to be made well aware that it's very difficult. It's going to require everything you've got to pass, and few of you will, even at your, your best. Um, and that's considered uh, just too much for um, for these students to have to consider and to uh, to hear. Meanwhile, Cal Thomas said the final stage in the corruption of American evangelicalism has come. And he writes that when Jim Ziegler, the state auditor of Alabama, invoked the Bible to defend Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore against allegations that he had inappropriate contact with underage girls while single and in his 30s, which Moore has sort of denied, it signaled perhaps the final stage in the corruption of American evangelicalism. Now, all of American Christianity doesn't fall into the category of evangelicalism, but he's speaking to that particular group of believers. Ziegler claimed there are many instances in the Bible where older men had sexual relations with young girls. He cited Mary and Joseph as one example. Really? That the religious left has made similar uh, analogies to advance their political agenda is no excuse. It proves my point. Again, Cal Thomas writing, religious liberals long ago stopped preaching a gospel of personal salvation in favor of a social gospel that is more social than gospel. Conservative evangelicals are repeating this error. Uh, this being the 500th anniversary of the, the Protestant Reformation, uh, Reformation, I should say, had two rehearsals last night. I'm exhausted. Politically active uh, Christians would do well to read deeper than the 95 thesis Martin Luther supposedly nailed to the church in Wittenberg, Germany in 1517. Luther was distressed about the corruption that had overtaken the Roman Catholic Church. In an essay for Modern Age Journal titled Beyond the Reformation of Politics, Alec Ryrie, professor of Christianity at England's Durham University, writes that Luther believed governments were ordained by God to restrain sinners and little else. Real transformation of individuals and thus societies, he reasoned, and rightly, could be achieved only by a changed heart, which is the work of the church, not government. In Luther's view, writes Ryrie, God permits these um, these scoundrels to rule because the world is too wicked and does not deserve uh, to have uh, many wise and upright princes. Anticipating James Madison, Luther argued that it is only because of human sin that God has in- instituted government at all in order to make some limited semblance of peace and order possible. That is the antithesis of the theology and political activism of many modern evangelicals who seem to prefer access to temporal power more than, the, than faithfulness to a kingdom and king not of this world. Ryrie con- continues, Luther's point, deeply Uh, counterintuitive to most modern sensibilities is that government is not very important. It is necessary in a um, humdrum way for as long as the passing world endures, but Christians should not pay much attention to it. Their hearts should be set instead on the kingdom of Christ where there is no law and no coercion and which is uh, not passing away. Uh, There is an unstated uh, conceit among some evangelicals that God is only at work When a Republican is elected, even a Republican who does not share their views of Jesus or practice what he taught, it is the ultimatum, the ultimate compromise, which leads to the corruption and dilution of a message more powerful than what government and politics offer. German Protestantism made its own Faustian bargain in the 1930s. Theologian Gerhard Kittel joined with other Protestant leaders in the proclamation declaring Adolf Hitler a call of God. More like a call of Satan, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was the better example of a serious believer who confronted the Nazis with the power and truth that other uh, that 
other kingdom and was martyred for it. Henry VIII provides another cautionary tale when it comes to uh, fusing faith and politics. Here's Riley's uh, indictment. Henry was no Protestant, but most English Protestants were willing to swallow their principles for the sake of an alliance with him. Principles are still being swallowed today in exchange for a false sense of influence and power. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says about the church at Ephesus, which had been strongly influenced by the emperor's cult and worship of the Greek goddess Artemis, you have left your first love, meaning himself. That can be found in the second chapter of Revelation, verse 4. For too many modern Protestants, politics has become a cult and their Artemis Uh, They are forgetting their first love, the consequences of which can be found in history, dating back to Israel's King David, who warned, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Psalm 146.3. Cal Thomas is America's most widely syndicated op-ed columnist. His latest book is What Works? Common Sense Solutions for a Stronger America. And um, he wrote this uh, column in response to a willingness, apparently, to simply look the the other way with regard to accusations that have been leveled against Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore, uh, allegations um, that he has denied, but several have accused him of um, having engaged in. Okay, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up and let you know what's coming up tomorrow as you'll have an opportunity to have an influence right here in our city. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the final segment of The Georgine Rice Show. Well, tomorrow I'm looking forward to an annual event that many of you have participated in these uh, last several years. Transitional Youth is going to join me in studio for their annual Radiothon, Hope for the Hungry. It's a campaign that focuses our attention on street youth. These are young people who live on the streets of Portland. Their stories are many and varied, and I think you'll be surprised to learn what ultimately leads many of them there. But we're going to invite you to help us feed and care for Portland street youth here in Portland, not to make them comfortable so that they want to remain on the streets of Portland, but in order that as relationships are built and opportunities are presented, that these young people can transition away from the streets and into a productive uh, lives. And we're seeing so many of them do just that. As is usually the case, we're going to share many of their stories. You'll hear uh, them tell their own stories. You'll hear their own words in their own voice. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Transitional Youth, they provide outreach, support, and housing to positively transform the hearts and lives of homeless and at-risk youth through compassion, their guidance, and the grace of God. And they are doing remarkable work. It starts with a meal. The Portland Street Youth can then move from homelessness to community. They have various houses throughout the uh, metro area in which many of them transition from the street into productive uh, lives. Some continue their education, others on to gainful employment. And with uh, new facilities, they are um, providing uh, breaking cycles. I'm thinking about a bicycle and coffee shop. Uh, They're providing street youth uh, apprenticeships, business skills, opportunities to dream, reach, and achieve. It's pretty exciting. By the way, Transitional Youth serves about 10,000 meals a year. They provide clothing and footwear to homeless young people, to essentials if you're living the hard life on the street. They offer personal hygiene items to Portland street youth. And if you can imagine uh, living on the street without access to the stuff that you and I take for granted, these are not only essentials, they are considered luxuries because they're so difficult to get. If it were not for um, transitional youth, many would do without, and there are consequences. 
Uh, they fulfill some smaller requests as well. Um, uh, ongoing daily living expenses in some cases, for example, a TriMet bus pass or clothing for a job interview, educational supplies to help them uh, transition from the streets to a life Uh, that they can live uh, safe and healthy long-term. Transitional Youth opened their first transitional home for homeless youth in Portland back in 2004, and they currently operate what they call the Ritz. Uh, It's a rural ranch home environment in Vancouver. Uh, It supports boys during their uh, transition from street to home to independent life, healthy living, two additional transitional housing housing locations For street youth, ages 18 to 25 are also available in our community. And Transitional Youth recently acquired uh, Vitus Arc. It's a home for young homeless women who are pregnant or with children. And in just a few weeks, Breaking Cycles, a bicycle and coffee shop, will open in southeast Portland. And as I mentioned a moment ago, that will provide street youth apprenticeships. They'll learn business skills and they'll have the opportunity to dream, to reach higher and to achieve. And this is all done as a ministry, not only to the physical needs of these uh, these street youth, but also their spiritual needs as well. And I'm so looking forward to sharing many of their stories with you. I think we're going to hear from about 15 to 18 of them on the program tomorrow. Well, they tell you, um, in some cases, how they ended up on the streets in Portland, what life was like before, and why sometimes the street is preferable to life at home. And uh, more importantly, what their hopes and dreams are and how they Uh, Some of them have already transitioned, some are in the process, and others are contemplating that possibility. But we'll give you a glimpse of what life is like on the streets here in Portland, and I hope you will join us. That's tomorrow right here on The Georgine Rice Show as we partner with Transitional uh, Youth. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Clark Hilton for engineering today's program, James Blend for engineering a portion of and uh, producing all of today's program, and thank you for making The Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.